How do you go from being lonely to connected when the path between the two feels so scary and vulnerable? Hi, welcome to an important personal conversation here today on Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find out more about me at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're moving from the business world to the personal world. Anybody who owns a solopreneur business who works in an isolated situation will probably also find value from this show. Um, but we are talking about things of a personal nature, matters of the heart, and showing up in our personal lives today. So if you're just business, all business, all the time, this probably isn't going to be the show for you. You can just tune back into one of the previous episodes. I have like 250 episodes to choose from, so I'm sure you can keep yourself entertained while we dive in today to matters of the heart. So let's dive into today's listener question, and I'll find you on the other side. Heather, I need your life and heart advice, if that's okay. How do independent people make connections? I am fiercely independent, but I'm finding now that I am also lonely a lot of the time. I had a small circle of friends, but over the year, a few of them have moved away so that now my personal connections barely make up a circle. The cliche response is that I have to meet new people, I have to try new things, make new friends, and date a little bit. I fully admit to loneliness, Heather. I admit to being tired of it just being me on my own, but I'm also terrified of needing anyone else, making new connections, being asked to change or challenged to change, or facing loss and vulnerability. It's fair to say that trust doesn't come easy to me. I know that the way I'm living my life isn't working, but I also don't know that it's so broken I want to risk fixing it, only to be given more heartbreak. I can see that my world is smaller, and that's something that needs to change, but I don't know where to start. Where do you begin, and are you going to send me to therapy? Okay, well, in all honesty, I very well may send you to therapy. I think some of this work sometimes is really hard to do in our isolated, you know, bubbles, the way we always look at the world the way we always see things. We move through the world. You know, many of us move through the world very habitually, right? We get up in the morning. We have our familiar morning routine. We have the same commute to work for those of us who commute to work. We have like the way we do things when we eat dinner, when we do our chores, when we, you know, work out, all of the ways we move through the world. You know, there's some consistency in that. And there's company that comes from the routine and there's comfort that comes from predictable, ordered lives. But sometimes if we do things the way we've always done them, we don't see new ways of doing things. And I hear you, you have, you know, you kind of know a little bit that you're sitting in a monster of your own making. You recognize that some of this has been beyond your control. People have moved away. There have been shifts in the way, you know, the social structure of your personal life. I totally hear you. And I also hear that like, you're largely good, that like life is good for you. You're just lonely and disconnected. Um, and if I were thinking about meeting new people, because I've been in that journey myself, uh, moving cross country. I think that like, I agree with you that the cliche of like, oh, you have to go out and meet new people. It's largely daunting and intimidating, but it also doesn't sound particularly attractive. Um, someone was recently telling me that I should go on, um, uh, 
like there's this app called um oh gosh I'm blanking on the name now I oh shoot um that like there's you know this new online app that's um helping people make friends and helping people connect and that I should do that and I was thinking to myself that like wow we've gotten to this you know sort of space in life where not only do we online date we use the online apps to make friends because that's the way we move through the world now and I was thinking to myself how much life has changed since I first made my first group of friends, right? Because I met my crew in college or I met my crew in previous jobs or, you know, in, you know, friends of friends. And when you move across the country and you don't know anybody, your circle and you work from home, your ways of meeting people are largely reduced. And so you can't do it the way you've always done it. Regardless of what your situation is, I would encourage you to spend some time and acknowledge what isn't working. What is the source of your unhappiness? What has you sort of sitting and spinning and lonely? What has, where in your life, where in you, in your work, do you feel disconnected? And yes, everybody's going to throw the cliches at you. I will probably throw the cliches at you. But then the next question, the follow up question is what are you willing to do about it? Because you got to be willing to get in the car. You got to be willing to put yourself in the driver's seat towards change. And yes, people might be telling you like they told me to find your love or to find your friend on an app. They might, I've also been told that I shouldn't also, because I work from home, I shouldn't also work out at home and do my workouts to beach body, that I should do it, join a gym. Um, you know, there's all these kind of automatic answers that people have, but they don't have to be your answer. You have to decide for yourself what you want your answer to be. So if you don't want to like find a friend or a new guy or something on an app, like then you're not online dating and you're not using apps to meet people and you're not going on meetup.com and you're not doing those things. If you're, you know, not somebody who wants to uh, make a change to her routine or something, then you're not somebody who wants to make a change to her routine. But what are you willing to do? What are you, you know, what new thing are you open to trying to see if you shift the way you move through the world, if new connections can happen? You know, the first thing I always tell people in this, you know, sort of realm and in this space, and this is kind of the work, and you asked me not to send you to therapy, and I'll try very not hard not to send you to therapy, but I got to tell you, this is the stuff I used to do as a therapist with people all the time, because the cliche way of solving a problem doesn't work. So figuring out what you're willing to do. Um, if you have a hobby or an interest that you're willing to spend more time doing and you're going to be willing to include other people in it, you know, um, if you're willing to you know, show up in public and instead of constantly bringing things to do, if you're going to sit and be still, but make eye contact with people, if you're willing to start conversations with other people, if you're willing to take a class or, you know, you know, one of the other things you can consider is telling people that you trust, telling people that you do feel connected to, that you're interested in, get, in getting out there socially, that you would like to be included in plans. You can 
ask other people for help. There's so many things here. All of them come with a layer of vulnerability, but part of it means choosing vulnerability, recognizing that loneliness in of itself is a form of vulnerability. And if you don't make a change, you're sitting in that loneliness, you're sitting in that vulnerability, and there's no hope for it to get better. There's no indication that you'll suddenly, in a week or two weeks, magically meet a new friend or magically meet somebody who keeps your attention in order and suddenly you're not lonely anymore. The only guarantee to a relief of loneliness, to respite from loneliness, is if you decide that you're willing to do something different and you identify what you're willing to do and you follow that path towards doing that. Now, one of the things that I'm reading in your letter here is the lack of trust. And I've said this on previous podcast episodes, and it's funny how this is the issue that always seems to sort of pop up when we do these personal shows and matters of the heart shows and take a break from business. But this idea of how do you get back on the wagon? How do you sort of go and throw yourself in the ring and put yourself out there when people have just hurt you and let you down. I don't know a lot of people who have a history of healthy relationships and they have trust problems. Most of the people who struggle with trust, most of the people who are hesitant to connect to new people have been let down. So one of the things that I, you know, really encourage people to do when they find themselves in this place is to take stock. Who are you now that you have had these series of hurts? Who are you now that you've been betrayed and that your trust has been broken? What have you learned? What have you put up with in the past that you'll never put up with again? What boundaries have you set that are now your like true automatic boundaries and not just something that you say, you know, sort of offhand, but what have become core beliefs and core ways of moving through the world now that you've seen people move through the world unkindly and disrespectfully? Sure, one of the things you're sharing in this letter is that you've largely walled yourself off, you've shut down the door, and you haven't let anybody new in. But my guess is you have also learned that maybe you ignored warning signs in the past. Maybe somebody initially was disrespectful, but because there weren't a lot of people in your world, you allowed and tolerated disrespect. Maybe somebody was dishonest with you or disrespectful with you and you gave it a pass, and now you've known that that brings you nowhere good. It only brings you heartbreak in the end and you wouldn't give someone a pass again. So if you're looking at your current situation with the way you used to be, then you haven't updated your story of yourself. You haven't looked at who are you now that trust has been broken. So yes, you're guarded. Yes, you're hesitant. Yes, you're vulnerable. Yes to all of those things. But are you going to make those same mistakes again? Are you going to allow yourself to be treated that way again? Would you hold different expectations for new people. You're so you're putting all of the power in the other person that they could just sort of blindly come along, show up whenever they want and just hurt you arbitrarily and you're not recognizing that like you are 
participant in the process and that when someone disrespects you, when someone says something unkind, when somebody doesn't show up in the way that you deserve or doesn't follow through on commitments, call when they say they're going to call, show up for you the way they're going to show up for you. You don't have to put up with it for as long. And a lot of people who've developed trust problems have developed them because they've been repeatedly disrespected. You can end that pattern. You can change the ending to the story by making yourself a promise. Yes, I'm going to put myself out there. Yes, I'm going to try to meet new people. Yes, I'm going to change my routine. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to invite other people for plans. I'm going to take a class. I'm going to online, you know, at my way through the problem, whatever the heck you've decided you're willing to do to feel better about the way you're living your life. But you also in making that decision get to decide you're never putting up with BS again. You are never tolerating disrespect. You are never playing small. You are never accepting less than you deserve. And if somebody doesn't treat you with respect, if somebody doesn't show up for you the way you show up for them, they do not get to continue with you. That's the promise you make for yourself. When somebody says they have trust problems and they put all of their, you know, eggs in the other person's basket, they've given up all of their control rather than recognizing because I've been hurt before, it's going to take people a while to earn my trust. I'm not giving it all away for free. I'm not putting all of myself out there. I'm going to put a piece of myself out there. I'm going to see what somebody does with that one little piece. I am going to show up and see what they do in response. I'm going to offer some personal information and I'm going to see how carefully they keep it, how carefully they guard it before I give them another piece of me. You are not going to absolve yourself of the control you have in this situation. You're going to be the person you want to be and you're going to act as the person you need to be as you meet new relationships. So it's not just like, wow, we have the gym in common. We're going to be BFFs. It's going to be like, wow, we enjoy working out together. How do we do for a cup of coffee? Do we run out of things to say? Do I find you interesting? Do you listen to me? If I ask something, if I share something about myself, do you ask a follow-up question? You are going to assess the way the new people you encounter move through the world and you are going to decide whether or not for yourself that's consistent with how you move through the world. And if that seems like somebody you would rather know more, get to know, or, you know, connect with on a deeper level. And if you find that nobody makes the cut, that nobody's good enough for you, you either have to look at where you're casting or not, or how much you're actually willing to change. And that self-inventory, that self-acceptance puts you in control. It puts you in the driver's seat of your life. You get to say when, you get to say where, you get to say how much. And then that trust issue. Yes, it's going to take up space in your life. Yes, it's going to be something you need to manage, but it's not going to be the thing you lead with because you are leading with your trust and awareness of yourself. You are going to trust yourself to uphold your own boundaries, to show up for yourself, to defend yourself, to make sure that the people you are meeting add richness to your life without taking things away that you have come to value. This idea that relationships come with loss, that they come with a requirement to change. Of course they do. Relationships are a two-way street. You have to show up for somebody just as they show up for you. It can't all be about what someone
someone's doing for you and how much attention they're giving you and how much they're saying to you and what they're saying. It also has to be how you're showing up. And if you recognize and relate to the fact that that's the part you have control over, you get to control the pacing, you get to control the timing, you get to control who's good enough, then you get to decide who happens to like who shows up in your world next, who you make plans with, who gets a second sort of meeting or a second date with you because you have control. You get your trust issues in check when you recognize and own the fact that you control what happens next and you control the consequence of it. Just like you had to sit with the consequence of probably letting red flags go by, of accepting less than you deserve because you were afraid no one else was going to come along or because you have a story that this is just how everyone is. Once you let go of that baggage, you can start to clear and find a clear path for yourself because you are in control. Now, if this conversation is too over your head or it's too scary, too vulnerable, too intimidating, then yes, I really do think therapy is a good place for these conversations to sort of unpack what's got you here, to unpack and put out in front of you all of the different hurts and places where life has kind of just bumped up against you, hurt your feelings, done you wrong, so you can look at how you want to use those experiences in a more positive, empowering way where there's things in your life and in your past that you need to grieve and mourn and where you have control to decide what happens next. Yes, absolutely. People can do this personal development path on their own, but sometimes they get there faster. Um, then, you know, then on their own, if they hire somebody for some help. So if you, if you can't unpack it all, or if it just feels too unheavy to unpack yourself, then yes, absolutely get yourself some help. Anybody who wants to engage in that process, you should reach out to me and see if you and I would be a really good fit for that. I'm happy to have those conversations with people who want to be in the rumble, who want to get on the other side and make some changes in their lives. If you're not there yet and you're not sure you're ready to change and you're not willing to do something different then you know it's probably not the right time to you know get yourself signed up for mindset work with me that's actually a really good indication that therapy is a good spot because you have some processing to do before you're ready for some action but if you're just not sure and can't tell the difference you're welcome to reach out to me I'm going to put a link um, to an introductory call with me at the end of this episode I'm happy to spend some time with anybody in the rumble to figure out what's best for them to get them out. Um, I really, I appreciate your question today. I appreciate the vulnerability and the ownership you showed. And I hope that my two cents gets you closer to the path that you want to be on. And I invite you to follow up with me as well. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.